months. Well, our next guest is right in the thick of things, that's for sure. Fremantle supporters and football supporters, we're looking for Fremantle's most underrated player over their journey so far. He's in my top two. He played as a rookie in the draft in nine. Pick number 19 in 2009, between 2009 and 2016, 138 games, 48 goals. He's now with the GWS Giants. He's played 50 games there, playing some ripper football. G'day, Matty DeBoer. Great and Kim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure, mate. How's it going over there? We just You just heard Kim and I preambling about the uh, the comeback to footy. Um, what's the latest on your front at the Giants? When are you anticipating perhaps even getting back into um, the club and training as a group, maybe? Yeah, we're pretty optimistic, and, and hope, hopefully in the next sort of two weeks, maybe we can potentially um, yeah ramp up the numbers that we're currently obviously allowed in just our ones and twos uh, operating. So just being staying fit, um, predominantly with Lockie Keefe, who lives a few streets away from me. So we'll we'll complete all our training. Um, had a 13k session this morning, as an example, and um, then we go and do weights at um, Cal Ward's house. He's got a satellite gym sort of set up in his garage the um the boys we all just ransacked the club when we uh <laughs> when we were leaving and took all the dumbbells and um all the gym equipment so we've set up there but yeah really optimistic that hopefully in the next two weeks we can increase those numbers and um start to build towards um yeah getting back to, to training and then ultimately games maddie kim hegdorn here uh, just to extend on that uh, and clarify so you stayed in western sydney you didn't come back initially yeah, I did entertain it. Obviously, I wanted to get back and see mm-hmm. uh, mum and dad and my family and, and, and good mates, obviously. But um, just thought at the time, with the unknown nature mm-hmm. of it, you know, it was probably just best to stay locked down here in Sydney, staying fit, um, hoping for a, a quick return. Um, and, my, and my partner had to work as well. So, um, yeah, we stayed here and, and just try to stay fit and stay busy. Matty, we're discussing here uh, players at Fremantle that we think perhaps we have, were underrated uh, and undervalued in some ways. Uh, I mean, you, you you fit into that discussion, but you're, you're one of the strongest self-motivators, I think, uh, I, I've witnessed, certainly at Fremount, if we stay specific to there. Well, what is it that you have used as a driving force within yourself to now become, jeepers, almost a 200-game AFL player after being taken as a rookie uh, at pick number 19? What is it about you? What's driven you? Um, yeah, well, it's a good question, and you know, over many years, you do have time to sort of self-reflect on on these things. I guess it comes down to you know my purpose, and ultimately, always wanting to make my family proud, and you know, that's my mum and dad who you know instilled great values in me uh, early on, and wanting to be um, yeah, you know, obviously make them proud, but just to be successful in sort of all facets of life, whether mm-hmm. it was um, study or sport. You know, mum and dad always pushed me to be try and be great at everything, so. Um, not quite great at everything, but always attempting and, and striving to be. So, yeah, I think it comes back to um, you know how you want to be seen, how you want to be known, and then action follows that. Can I just extend that to a small degree and put you right on the spot here? Because your 2016 was a season where you only played four games with Fremantle, and I got—I will say—you don't have to buy it at all. I think you were shabbily treated that year by the, the former coach. Did you want to stay at Fremantle? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I felt like that year um, I still played great football down at you know Peel mm. Thunder as a on ball on balling midfielder where I could go and win my own ball and uh, ultimately won a grand final there with Peel Thunder, which I, I hold really dear now with a lot of um, a lot of senior Fremantle players like Alex Silvani, Tendai Mazungu. Um, so that was a, that was a great takeaway and still felt like I had plenty to offer. Um, in my in my exit meeting, I did have to clarify that um, that was that was absolutely going to be the, the finish with Fremantle. So I did pose that question obviously had strong relationships there and, and much love for the 
for the establishment generally. So I wanted to stay, absolutely. But um, upon reflection, it probably was time that we both sort of moved on from each other. Fremantle obviously had to, uh, you know, after a, a poor year, after being so dominant for so long, had to go through that rebuilding phase. And I probably needed to seek new opportunities as well. So I left on really good terms. Um, particularly with Ross, you know, share a message every now and then still, and uh, he'd still be, you know, the, the number one person I've learnt, you know, most about my football um, over my career, being hey. under six years under him. So, how, would, yeah. how, would, how would you describe your role at Fremantle? Did it suit you? And why are we noticing you ever so much more at the GWS Giants? And are you happy with what you're doing? Um, yeah, I think I was I was originally drafted as a as a midfielder. You know, I played state 18s as a as a midfielder and was uh, selected All-Australian there just to pop my own ties up for there. Mm. But then you come into the AFL system and you just try and find a, a role any way you can just to be a part of it. And there's no way that I was going to be able to kick out, you know, uh, Ryan Crowley, you know, Nathan Fife, David Mundy, Lockie Neal from the midfield. So just found a way any way I could, you know, predominantly across that half forward um, role, you know, pressure forward role, high running, linking forward. So just trying to, you know, be a part of it any way I could. We obviously had a, such a dominant team and such a well-drilled um, defensive unit that you know, I just absolutely loved being a part of it regardless of role um, and then coming to the Giants you know started in the same vein but then got an opportunity on the wing and then more recently had an opportunity uh, in the midfield so I think um, you know preparation and, um, and and opportunity ultimately equals performance so just trying to be as prepared as I can and then seizing the opportunity. How much of a better player are you now than when you were at Fremantle? 50 games at GWS, 138, I think it was, uh, with Fremantle. Are, are you just now a better player through through natural attrition? Yeah, I think so. I think over time, obviously, you have that pattern recognition as a more experienced player, um, you know, that you, you, you develop. Mm. Uh, in terms of, you know, physical attributes, et cetera, it's all been pretty much the same, but probably I have a lot more belief in myself uh, as you get a bit older and understand um, the world a little bit more and you have some sort of mental... Um, skills that you develop over time as well. That you know that certainly carries on. If I'm being completely honest, that uh, a lot more belief in myself um, now, and then just yeah, great, great, obviously teammates around me, like I did at Fremantle, but also I've, I've developed great relationships here at the Giants as well, and wanting to play for and with um, the boys here. Maddie, with parents and grandparents that might be listening to this program, what's your advice to a youngster? aspiring to play AFL football. As you said, you came through that under-18s competition and you know it's a different set of circumstances, isn't it? There's no go with players. You, you, you achieve the ball at any time you like, pretty much. Uh, what do they need to do? Not everybody can be the best player in the competition, can they? Uh, no, no, certainly not. Um, and I guess just to your original point around you know, parents and grandparents, you know, I was very fortunate to have such supportive um, parents and, and grandparents. My nan and pop you know, would always come down to Swanbourne Oval and beep the horn when I kicked a goal or whatever it might be. So that, that, that support network is, is absolutely crucial. And, and just that belief that you can instill uh, in any aspiring you know, athlete or whether it's drama, music or, or school, just that constant belief, but um, underpinned by, by action. So for me, it was always you know, training, training hard, first and foremost, but then getting feedback from any coach or parent that I could on where can I get better. You know, for me, it was definitely my skills and an area that I still continue to, to work on. But um, it was about getting you know stronger legs, you know working on my ball drop, doing extras after training. So just really um, continue to work on those areas of improvement um, based off feedback that you're getting from you know people that you do trust, but also knowing what your strengths are and, and really making them you know weapons, whether it's you know fitness or your contested ability or reading the play, and, and really just having that belief as you go into games. You know, I'm really great at this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring that today. Um, whilst you know in the background you continue to work on those 
areas of improvement. Matthew, where this weekend had everything been uh, as we'd expected at the start of 2020, it would have been a Western Derby tomorrow afternoon. You played in 14 derbies, nine wins and five losses. Which one of those stands out as a bit more memorable? Round 7, 2014 was probably your best with 23 possessions. Uh, it was another win for Fremantle. Is there one derby that stands out for Matthew DeBoer? Uh, I'll probably have to go the uh, the very first one, as it was, was my debut. And yeah. Kicked a, goal, kicked a goal with my first kick and, and, and all of that and got the, uh, the Powerade, Gatorade shower and had my family there. So hard to go past that mm-hmm. one, but... Mm-hmm. Always look forward to those contests and um, obviously the great leadership of, you know, Matthew Pavlich, David Mundy and Aaron Sandlands, Luke McFarlane, et cetera, always got us primed and ready for those contests. And, um, yeah, just obviously a lot of respect with the opposition as well and, you know, always look forward to those contests. What did it mean, just on that, what did it mean for Matthew Pavlich? My understanding is, correct me if I'm wrong, Matthew, that his last game, and that was your last game at Fremantle as well in 2016, he requested certain boys to play in the occasion. You'd only played the three games prior to that, spread across the season, and then you got to play in that last game. Was that something special to you from Matthew Pavlich? Yeah, absolutely. I've actually never had that direct uh, question, so I probably should ask that, but I just took it. I was, I was glad to be out there with mm, him. Mm. Um, you know, was able to contribute and we had a great win. So, um, yeah, he's, he's still as an ongoing mentor for me. You know, I touched base with him mm-hmm. um, confidentially on, on, you know, areas of leadership and things that I can be working on and how, you know, I can use his knowledge to help help the Giants, although he is a devout Fremantle man still. Um, so, yeah, we've got an ongoing sort of relationship and, I'm um, just someone that I, I love continuing to learn from, to be honest. Matty, two quick ones before we let you go. We really appreciate your time. Uh, Heath Shaw, the pest. <laughs> <laughs> Is he going to go around again, not only this year, but next year as well? And what's it like to have somebody like that to break up training and in the rooms, you know, on a daily basis? Yeah, it's a good question. I sit next to him in the locker room as well, so I've got front row seats often to the uh, to the Heath Shaw show. Um, I don't know if this is breaking news or anything, but I did speak to him the other day, and he, you know, he's, he's going to certainly start thinking about it. Um, this has obviously been an interrupted year, and his body feels as good as he ever has, uh, according to him. And uh, we're tracking the GPS units on the training sessions that we've been doing recently, and he's still mm-hmm. clocking up that 34 k's now. So. Uh, he's he's quick and he's strong and you know he's got that pattern recognition that I was talking about before. He rarely gets beaten, so he'd have to consider it. Um, but we're hoping to get back to football sooner rather than later. Hopefully, we can um, have a really successful year after taking out Geelong, you know, in round one. Hopefully, win the flag and, and that, then that might do him. But it'll ultimately be up to him, I think, because he's still that you know that great competitor that gets the job done. And leave us with a bit of gold. We've got you in the top two or three of the most underrated at Fremantle. Who does Matt DeBoer think? that he played with or watched Fremantle over the period of time. Who does he think was the most underrated? We can always nominate the best, but who's the most underrated player at Freo, you think, yeah, over the a, journey? It's a good, it's a good question. Um, oh, just a quick note on the Pav, and I think he's still underrated in terms of AFL circles, um, just with what he was able to achieve. But specific to Fremantle, uh, what two names that spring to mind for me are Alex Silvani and, and Tendai Mazungu, mm-hmm. um, especially Tendai on the, on the wing that role and the amount of kilometres he would do in our defensive unit that people might not be aware of, just he'd be getting back to defence to allow certain players to play, you know, better roles, whether it was Michael Johnson, Luke McFarlane, etc. So not often would show up on the stat sheet, but just his vital importance to, to our success back then can't be understated. And then just Alex Silvani just rarely got beaten, but um, whether it was injury or, you know, just through, uh, unable to crack uh, opportunity at times because of 
uh, Luke McFarlane's, you know, dominance. Um, he's probably another one that, with greater opportunity, you know, certainly underrated. Well, good on you, Matty. Thanks for your time this afternoon. We really appreciate it. We hope to see you back on the track very soon. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Kim. Good on you, Matt. Matt DeBoer. What a rip up. Nine double two double one so eight eighty two. He's your number two, two. Or one of he's your number two or one of two. Um you're gonna throw out your other one or you wanna wait and see what some Well, of the my number one's Shane Parker. Well I've got I've got look, that's a fair call, a good call, but I, I would have him you know, you come back to the argument of the of the best Fremantle players, and as you say, it's perhaps not the same degree of diversity and candidates as at West Coast. It's Fife, Pavlich, you know, as a top few. But I, I would reckon that Shane Parker should be in people's arguments for the, one of their best ever players, let alone... Yeah, better he's not, though. Okay. Um, I, I agree with you, but I don't, I wouldn't have I don't I, think... If you were saying to me, if you walked into a bar, yep. let's hope that happens soon, <laughs> and said to somebody, hey... Give us your top five Fremantle players ever. Okay. How many I, reckon I, you'll depend, say Shane well, Parker? Well, it depends where you go. If you go somewhere down along the Cappuccino Strip in Fremantle, I'd be surprised if someone didn't say, oh, don't forget Shane Parker. He was hardly ever beaten. He was so reliable, so quiet, unassuming. He played 238 games. Don't remember Hagdorn. You know, he's a, he's a candidate. I know you want to throw up Fife and Pavlich and Sandylands and Mundy and Bell, all your favourites, but don't leave out Shane Parker, mate. Don't leave out Luke mm-hmm. McFarlane. All right. I, 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 I wouldn't have him so much as an underrated, but it's a very good call because I think he does get a bit forgotten. I, I've got some others as underrated players. Yeah, well, let's, let's mm. express them mm. with the mm. listeners. Nine double two double one eight eighty two, right here on front and centre.